Hello and welcome to Deep Dive, a brand new segment. I'm Robbie Hicks. I'm Lockie Bay. Is that how we're doing it? We're, we're off to know. a good start. We're just making it up as we go. <laughs> oh man, we butchered that. I don't know. I, we, we didn't really have anything written down or anything. Did we? <laughs> well, no, I, I don't think that. you did three, two, one, go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who cares? Because it's a brand new segment and we can do what we want. And we're fucking excited for this one. We've got Tammy Martin, aka Tama, on board. You already know who she is, but uh, yeah, excited to dive deep today on a very special guest. Who is it today, Tama? Today we are talking about Gary V, which oh. uh, I, I know I'm very excited for this one. So, Rob, you were uh, going to kick this off before we butchered the intro. Yeah, we did. We did butcher. The <laughs> well, intro. I have to save him, Tammy. <laughs> you know, that's what I normally have to do. Well, you'll get used to it. You know, that's what happens in uh, the normal the normal pods. So. Um, you just get handle. a front row seat now, yeah. Yeah, front perfect. row seat. All right. Well, anyway, we thought we wanted to kick off. So deep dive for us is going to be around uh, exploring and discussing people and topics. Uh, we've got Tam on board to help provide a new dimension to our opinions on our thoughts, uh, and we're going to chew the fat. And where, why not start with, as you describe it, Lock Gary V, the gateway drug. Yeah, Gareth Vaynerchuk. I mean, you got me onto him. I, I, I want to really. The reason why I sort of wanted to talk about him is because I think for a lot of people, like when you were you were all over him pretty early, early doors anyway for for me. And when you put me onto him, I was like, I really don't like this dude. Like in terms of like if I saw him on the street, I probably wouldn't be like, hey man, how are you? I was just like, he's too much energy, yeah. But the deeper I dived and the more I got to know about the content and and the actual value that he was creating for his audience, I was like, fuck, like that's crazy. Yeah. And I think yeah. even if you don't like him, you have to respect him, eh? Oh, that's 100%, 100% spot on. I think the, the coolest thing is when you start actually, I'm with you, like the first few times you listen to him and Tam, you've, you've done a bit of a deep dive over the last week and listened to some pods and shit. Mm. Cool to, in, interested to hear your thoughts. But first of all, it's like, like he swears, he talks how it is. He gives the real reality checks and he's just super on, honest, blunt. And then you go, all right, cool. He's putting all this content out. But then when you like dig deeper and be like, he's got, uh, this business he's got this business he's running a team of 1500 people at vayner media he's looking after some of the biggest sports stars in the world from a talent perspective but he's talking all day every day to the community giving away free advice free content mm. look look what i do i'm giving you the blueprint how to do it and that yeah. part from that's the thing that sort of blew my mind is that someone of his scale looking after responsibilities that he's doing and that and someone at the level that he is is giving people all the tools that they need to be successful yeah what did you notice tam yeah i think same as Locke. actually like initially you're like oh my gosh this this guy is hectic like this is just chaotic um but once you dive deeper into him and what he's about you can see he's there's a really strong foundation of value system and he's actually got some massive street smarts. And that's what I love about him. It's like, he's, he doesn't conform to the, I guess, conventional um, school and education system, uh, which is actually like myself, I've never studied in my life, but more so gone on street smarts um, to work out, you know, how to navigate through problems and stuff like that. Um, and he, and I think what's cool about that is he shares that with everybody. And the more you get to listen to his stuff, the more accessible he is, and he's actually, he's not stuck up at all. He's very open to sharing his stuff and, and he just wants people to be happy, basically. 
And mm. I ended up just kind of falling for him in the last little while, going, this guy's actually, he's not annoying. He's actually really inspirational. I'm, I'm waiting for the calendar, Tammy. I'm waiting for the Gary Vaynerchuk 12-month uh, <laughs> special, all the seasons, baby. <laughs> huh? That's what, you, that's what you want us to do for funny business. Well, I've always wanted that. I reckon that's the number one merch idea, mate. Give the people what they want. I would buy a Gary V calendar, 100%. He's probably already got a few. Okay, so I, I just, for some reason, I went immediately to like shirt off. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, no, so did I. That's what I was thinking too. Because oh, you, you were saying you were falling in love with him. I go, hang on. The fucking, where is he from? Jersey oh, or something? Falling Brooklyn in something? love. Where's he from? He's, uh, he's, he's from, from New York, isn't he? New he's Jersey. From, yeah, he's in New York. That's yeah. so he wants to buy the New York Jets. That's his ultimate dream. He's doing that's yeah. his that's his purpose. That's his why. I'm doing this. His why is for his family and and providing a bit of living for. He grew up pretty pretty poor, and he's a he's a migrant that came from a migrant family, came over mm. to America. But uh, his his actual why he's like his his golden golden goose golden objective is to buy the New York Jets NFL team, and like I yeah. feel like it's pretty cool. You know, it's like he talks about it openly. He's like, one day I'll buy it. Yeah. And he's like, he made a mistake in one of his investing early doors. He's like, I had of, I think he passed, which one did he pass? Uber or something? Wasn't it? He passed on Uber. Yeah. He no, no. He, he Did he pass on Uber? I thought he invested in Uber. Uh, he didn't. Yeah, he I got thought he invested later, in but Uber. He, he missed yeah. it early. And I think if he yeah. had it now, he would be, his net worth would have allowed him to buy the Jets. Yeah, so right. So he's like, he, he talks openly about missing that opportunity, which, which must sting. But anyway, hey. let's get into no, the no. first topic. Before we do, what team would you buy, Rob? AFL team. Lit off for sale. Uh, no, but if you could, who would you buy? Gold Coast Suns? I reckon they'd be a good team to own. I reckon. From a marketing perspective. I reckon. Do you do you follow the footy, Tam? Um, I well, I did. I I I don't because I'm back in New Zealand now and I'm going in for the all blacks again. Yes. <laughs> Not that I ever stopped. I'm yeah, always yeah, yeah. I'm always massive all blacks fan. However, I am a Hawks supporter. Oh, there you go. Had a bit of success. <laughs> Rob, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, All what, right. Rob? Come on. First topic of the day is the Gary V content pyramid. Mm. So for those yeah. at home who don't know what the content pyramid is, uh, is he's put out a 92-page or a 72-page free PDF deck for anyone to download, which breaks down how to put content out at scale, how to... I pretty much win on the internet in the digital world. So it, it pretty much why we like him and why what I want to talk about today is he talks a lot about finding your form of content, finding your form of long form content that allows you to break it down, um, reproduce it, document it in different ways, share it across platforms and focus your energy on doing so for us like me and you lock and and tam how we're doing this one here this one podcast is a long form piece of piece of content it could be chopped up into micro content it could be uh, a preview post on instagram and linkedin and it could be broken down into a tiktok but it's all just we've all put in an hour of effort you know there's some stuff at the back of it but it's pretty much saying you can do more with less and that's yeah. I, I know tam you're gonna like in terms of the world of lean and all that sort of good stuff, that's mm -hmm. right up your alley. It definitely is. It definitely is. And the thing is like content is currency. It's, you know, people, uh, it's valuable to people. And if you, if you are chopping it up in a way that people can understand and digest it, but also learn something from it, it's a, it's a really good currency for people to get into. If you don't really know how to spot 
key things and remove waste from what you're putting out there, your message gets lost. And I think that's really, that's an art that you two boys have absolutely down pat. And I Ooh. think it's something that people need to, I feel like you do. I, think I don't know. I don't know about down pat, but I, I, I know what you meant. Like, cause from, from our perspective, I think, or from mine, Rob, I don't know about you, but it's like, we, we don't do enough of this, I think. And we've known that this is the key for the longest time. Like it's like speaking in, like, if you're going to do copy, it's different from LinkedIn to Instagram and you mm. really need to know the platforms and really take your time to understand them. So for us, we know the importance of like breaking that down into micro content, like small, small, like short clip videos of the podcast and stuff like that is what gets shared. And it's almost like how these touch points going to, um, you know, make people um, interested in what it is. You know what I mean? So if it's whatever it is, we were speaking to Andy Lee about it, you know, it was like every sort of touch point that you have, it could be a billboard, it could be a podcast, it could be, it all needs to sort of be the same, same, you know? So um, there's lots in that content pyramid. There's so much to think about in terms of content, but you really need to try and make it simple for yourself and um, and try and make it work for you around your schedule, around what you do. Everyone else has got their own sort of thing, but it's like what we, we always talk about. It's like, how do we find out, how do we do our content? It's just like, when we get the time, it's working around everything else. So um, it's different really for good, everyone. I think that's a good takeaway. You made a really good point this morning. Um, we're talking about a new concept for a new podcast and, um, you, you mentioned around you can always add things you know get into a rhythm and add things and i think that the one lesson to learn about the gary v's content pyramid if you're going to take inspiration to figure out how to do it for yourself is you don't have to go that big bang approach and have everything out and you try and do absolutely everything yeah. for us we know we're leaving a lot on the table with like we can do my, more micro content off the back of each pod episode and probably do more a better release for every episode and all that sort of good stuff but that would slow us down in terms of our, our big goal at the moment is growing the community in order to grow the community. We need to meet more people. So if we had a bigger team and <clears throat> we had more time, I'm sure we'd do more content, but at the moment, do you want to, you want to double the amount of content you're putting out the lot? No, you I don't. Time I, to do that? No, I want to get a little uh, intern <coughs> with, with that bad boy <coughs> for us, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it is, it's hard. The thing is it's time intensive. Content is time intensive, especially if it's your, side hustle and you're doing it all yourself like i think it is important to do it yourself though um yeah i know there's you can get programs to automate shit and make things easier and for some people that that that, that could be all right like if they've already got a sort of an audience and they sort of know what they're doing but if you're just starting from scratch um don't automate anything make sure it's you talking to the people because the most important thing about it is the connections and, and stuff uh, and that's just if you're working i suppose collaborative content or you you're using guests to to pump out content if you're doing it on your own you don't need to really think about it too much but if you if you've got other people on board and you're collaborating i think that could be another key takeaway i learned that from uh vaynerchuk himself you know probably mm. one of the videos you sent across rob on your guys hey tam i've got a question for you this is yeah. one of the topics that we've talked about a lot is uh what stops people from putting out content let's talk about let's talk about you uh yeah. i don't know getting into that rhythm what's stopping yeah. people from taking that step yeah so I think um, even from my own experience as well, there's there's a few things, right? There's just uh, not not having a consistent framework or some sort of kind of like increment give adding incremental value and releasing incremental value is 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 way more um, appealing for people than having like you said before a big bang approach. So there's there's things that need to be in place. It's an operating rhythm, a consistent operating model in which um, you know 
this is the type of content I'm going to put out on this day. And this is what's going there. And, you know, being able to pre kind of think about topics and ideas, but also having yourself set up properly. Like I won't put stuff up because my stupid leg on my tripod thing's broken and then the camera falls down and I get a double chin and I go, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. so, and then that speaks into insecurity and fear. And so that is for me what my, my mind is, especially behind writing music. That's very soul bearing stuff, right? You're writing music, you're sharing your thoughts. You're kind of going, oh, who's going to learn some little secrets about me? Like I don't let people look inside my lyric book. But yet I'll go and release a song that's like telling a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of kind of fear and, and um, that people and in particular creatives and artists can carry with them. You get stuff like, you know, we call it like artist's guilt. So you sit there going, I know I should be doing this, but I just don't like, I'm not really feeling quite up to it today. And I'm not really set up. My, my camera's like not going. I, my voice doesn't sound that good. And you always find this little kind of, ways to sort of navigate around like oh, I'll do it tomorrow or something like that but the thing that you start to realize is you have to do, you're gonna have fear in what you do you just have to do it with fear like it's fear is a natural response that human beings have and you can abolish fear by facing things but you also are going to consistently face things where you feel fearful the more the more time you do it like you know I've been singing since I was three years old my mum put me on a a box because I couldn't reach the microphone. I sang in front of a hundred people and, you know, I've been singing my whole life. It doesn't mean that I don't get nervous when I jump on stage, depending on what I'm doing, but it's actually being able to uh, lean into that and go, okay, I'm just going to push past this feeling. I'm going to put it out there. And like Gary Vee says as well, you need to actually turn off your receptors for, you know, good feedback, bad feedback, anything that's going on outside of what you're putting out there, you literally have to kind of switch those off because they will decide for you. If you go and indulge in these comments and the, this feedback, it actually will decide, decide the momentum for you for that day. A hundred percent. You don't want to attach other people's opinions and about yourself and think about yourself in that light. I think another good tactic too, like leaning in on that is like, um, I always bring it back to wrestling, but I watched this video and it was like, all the new wrestlers coming through that wanted to sort of expand their character and see how creative they could get. They'd wear a mask because they'd be new. So it's almost like you're dipping your toe in. It's kind of like with that. I always say this with our podcast, we started it remotely. So we, we weren't automatically going into this big studio and doing this thing. It was more like a real slow sort of, it was just a different, like we set it up where it wasn't like we're jumping straight in, you know, we are, but we're not really like, I feel like mm. there are some little ways you can do Like if you're an artist, say Tamar and you weren't called Tamar, it was called something else. And, you, you made like an alter ego, but you mm. could feel like you could get all your truths out and call it something else. Like, yeah. wouldn't, would that be an easier way to sort of break down that sort of thing? Like, I'm not attached to yep. this project. This is like, this is my art. This is make-believe, but it could be yep. real shit, you know? 100%. And I think that's the interesting thing. Like my nickname, Tama, was given to me when I was like two years old. So it is me. It's an extension of me. But what's interesting is that I do find people gain more confidence when they can hide behind a brand or something. And I've spoken to different artist managers and things like that in the industry who have said, oh, putting myself out there without hiding behind the label, forget about it. Mm. That's like, so actually putting yourself, you're not funny business, it's Rob, it's Locke, it's Tam, mm. putting yourself out there and you're not hiding behind a brand. It is scary for people. 
And that, you know, extra layer of encouragement is highly important for people. And just like, don't cut people down. If they've got enough balls, like I love Brene Brown, who says, if you're not in the ring, fighting the fight, getting hit down and getting brought up again, like getting yourself up again, like you don't get to give me any feedback. And I just love it how she says that because I think, you know, one of the things that was quite hard for me is the first time I ever released a song, I, you know, it was like just a given that it wasn't really going to go anywhere. And I had the conversation with um, the producers, like, it's probably not going to do much. Like, don't get too excited. And next thing you know, I got, it, it got added on high rotation across the hit network in Australia and it was on commercial radio and I was hearing myself being played everywhere. And I was like, holy crap, this is, mm. I, I wasn't ready for that. Mm. And I, and it was exciting and it was great, but at the same time, man, that was like not really what I expected. So I think what I've enjoyed learning is um, looking back in hindsight, it's like being prepared emotionally, being prepared, you know, with the, you know, just your game plan and all of that moving forward. And that makes you feel a little bit less fearful, I think. 100%. Preparation is key. And and also, like, you have to learn things and things are unknown and stuff. But as long as you sort of can accept that things aren't going to sort of think like the way it is, it's just, it's, what was it like? Like getting into flow is more like flow states, more like, um, Oh fuck! I've gone blank here. I'm I'm trying to recite a quote. I'll get back to you on it, but it's fucking right. it's really good. Get back to move on. Think of it. We're gonna move on. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about hustle culture. Uh, I think this is something that comes out in Gary V's content a lot. Early doors, um, and he's changing the narrative now as 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 well being and mental health and uh, I guess that element comes out more in his content, which I think is a, is a really good thing because I, I I look back maybe four years ago when I was listening to stuff and it's like eat sleep hustle repeat you know like <laughs> yeah and, and I think that this is a really interesting topic and we get we talked to a lot of people on the pod and we've, we've all had our own little uh, experiences with ha- how much energy you have to put into projects and initiatives live life be happy still enjoy the world and enjoy life on top of work and I think that this is a a really interesting topic we should probably jump in so I don't know, maybe I'll throw to you, Locke, first. Hustle culture, thoughts? Well, I've, I've thought about this in different ways and I've, I've landed in different places at different times. I think initially to get you sort of interested and involved, hustle culture, because the, the thing is to get shit done, it takes hard work. It takes, you, you need to kind of smash yourself a little bit. And that's, that's just cold, hard facts. You know what I mean? Like, especially, uh, yeah, early doors. So I think getting people interested in, this is what it actually takes a lot of work to get shit done. I think that's good. But at, at the end of the day, you can't sustain that. So I feel like there needs to be an education arm to hustle culture where it's like, <laughs> you can do this for so long. Like as long as you know that you can't do that forever, it's all good. You know, like you, I think that's one of the things we've probably learned and, and looking at Gary V he's changed, hasn't he? Like he's, he's sort of staying stuff now. Like he talks more about sleep than he never, he never really did. But I think that's really, really important because people need to know that like, yeah it's it's the trade-offs you were talking about it wasn't it it's just it's pretty it's an interesting uh topic because you see lots of people share their opinions and hate the hustle culture and stuff and they're probably people who've been burnt out on stuff before you know so it's it's all relative but i think at the start of your journey hustle culture is really good to to get you interested in like fuck this is what it's because it does i don't know if you agree yeah, I think one of the the cool things that when I was listening to Gary B um, not long ago, he was talking to a young 20, 
20-year-old entrepreneur and who was asking for advice, you know, and he said, you know, that he was hustling so hard as a young guy that he was like missing out on his youth, you know. And so um, he asked Gary Vee if he regretted anything like to do with, you know, going so hard and hustling so hard that he actually put his youth on hold type thing. And um, yeah, he did actually say, I wish that I gave my social life more time. I wish that I gave myself more time to take a weekend away with my friends. Like I was young. I should have just doubled down and spent some time like enjoying my youth. He said he doesn't regret it as like completely, but he was putting a note out there to say like, don't forget about the rest of your life and the people involved and the friendships. And because that's what keeps you going when you are, when things become too much and you feel like you're, grinding so hard and things aren't falling into place who do you go and like yeah cry to or like have a hug from or you know it's your yeah. friends and your family you know I think it's in the work to, uh, it's it's yeah yeah you're 100% spot on it's 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 a yeah it's a different one what do you reckon Rob I'm interested to hear you Rob well I'm a bit on your your path there like I think that a lot of people underestimate the amount of effort that needs to go into achieve success you know what I mean? I think a lot of people set low goals, low targets, and maybe spend a lot of time working on the wrong shit. But I think that one thing that I've personally learned is around, I put a lot of pressure on myself to achieve. And I think that's something that I've carried with me for a while. And one of the, the things that I can definitely miss out on is the difference of trying to chase that feeling of progression versus recharging the batteries. Mm. And uh, it's been a, a, a bit of a steep learning curve for me um, post footy and, and moving into the business and, and work world is because especially now, which is again, another like level of thinking about it was when COVID happened and still now we spend all day, every day sitting in a computer in an office. And there's days where I've missed out an opportunity to do it. We're talking about last night in the car home lock. And it's like, there might be three days in a row where I haven't done any exercise. Yeah but I've worked from seven o'clock in the morning. We've started at seven and then we're doing things and recording stuff and it's fucking 10 o'clock at night and mm. we're peppering back and forth and we've been working with clients and we're doing whatever I've looked up and I don't feel, we've talked about that we'd like to health as part of, we're talking about being well-being and so all that sort of good stuff and health is so important to what that is. And mm. I feel like there's like the trade-off side is at the moment, there's times where I can't, with what we're trying to achieve in our life right now, me in a past life, if I was back doing sports, I would prioritize going to the gym because I knew that's what I needed to do in order to get better. Whereas if I can prioritize, I know in half an hour, sit on the beach and I can have fucking a little bit of fresh air and I can get my brain ticking again. I can actually decompress and think mm. that's actually more important to my health at the moment now. And I think it, that's some of the things that I've learned Bro. along the way, but the more we get on top of our calendars, and our schedules, I think we, we can start focusing and prioritizing other things, but at the moment, exercise has been a bit of a trade-off, which I know isn't right. Mm. Um, but I surf when I can. I go out when I can. But the hustle culture part is you just got to do the work, bro. Oh, 100%. And I think like what you were saying earlier, Tom, what I was trying to sort of think about was um, for Gary V and stuff, it's like what he built this up. He didn't, didn't probably know it was going to be this big. He probably had ambitions it would be that big. But when you're working that hard, you don't know you're going to get to that point. You're constantly like, especially if you, you didn't come from money and stuff, you didn't have that security so you feel like your yeah, dog's got to eat you know you're, you're constantly grinding you're constantly grinding um but yeah it's just it's just a hard it's, i think it's a hard lesson you probably have to go through isn't it like you can't sort of skip that step i feel like you have to sort of go through it to feel it to figure out what how to dial back and how to do it all 
All right. Moving on. I think we did a good job that that segment. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, five stars all around. Everyone gets five stars. Pat everyone huh? on the back. Well done. Congratulations. Well done. All right. Last topic to the day to discuss around Gary V. Uh, building an authentic brand that resonates. Uh, Lock. I'm going to throw it to you again because I, 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 you said something to me yesterday or the day before, and we're talking about brand and w- what does brand mean? A brand is is uh, well for me. Um, is what it's it's the reputation it's what other people are, are sort of saying about you it's 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 everything it's just it's hard to sort of to, to, to sort of explain i mean i've been trying to figure out what what a perfect sentence is for brand and all that sort of shit but i suppose from just uh my experience and our experience of building all this sort of stuff it's just making sure that we're consistent with what we're doing we're speaking the same language we're putting out putting out the right sort of stuff and building an authentic brand i feel like the 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 easiest way to do that is just to be hundred percent yourself. Cause I feel like what we were saying before, if, if I can, I feel like if we fuck up, we can just literally say, Hey, sorry. And blah, blah, blah. And people would just get it because we're not, we're not faking anything. We're not, we're hundred percent talk the way we talk normally. There's no, if you look on LinkedIn, you can sort of tell the bit, I'll oh, come into this and do this. And it's all just trying, you can just tell it's not real. It's just very fake. So I feel like if you can treat, platforms like LinkedIn, like you, like an extension of you, like the brand's an extension of you, it makes things easier. It's like, uh, I'll bring it back to wrestling again, but they say the best wrestlers like Stone Cold, The Rock and all that, the reason why they're so good is because they just amplify who they, who they are. You know what I mean? It's not, they're not trying to grab from anything that isn't them. It's more just peppering things that are already in them up, turning it, turning the dial up. And I feel like if brands can do it, like it just makes it easier. Personal brands, if we're just talking strictly personal brands. Tam, what are your thoughts on brand? Yeah, I agree with Lot. Building and authentic brand. Yeah, so I think I, the difference between a good brand and a bad brand is people want to interact and engage with a good brand because it it has meaning behind it. It has like Lot said, it has authenticity. It tells a story. It's relatable. It's where people can actually kind of jump on board and go ah, this is something that suits me. This is something I vibe, my, I'm vibing off and that they can see the consistency and continuity in that brand because of the authenticity. Um, you know, there's good brands and bad brands and people do look to that consistency and authenticity for that. Why can't I talk today? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, no, 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 you, you spot on. And I think it's like, I just think it's just, I really don't, I wouldn't know how to build a fake brand. I wouldn't know how to build, like make so. like, I don't know any of the, ta- I just think it's so easy if you just be yourself and just like, I think one easy step is like treat LinkedIn, like Facebook. Like I pu- upload a photo with a dog and shit. And then mm. you start to see, and you go, oh, fuck, people just want real people. They don't want yeah. come to my fucking uh, virtual event and blah, blah, blah. They're, like everyone's sick of that wank shit. They just want to connect with people, you know? What do you reckon, yeah, Rob? Well, I want to know about the different. One of the really interesting things that uh, one of the topics I think is really worth talking about is can you build a brand without being the face of it? So uh, I think a really good example is Volker Soda Ant, right? They've got hard as on design, which is more like Apple, mm. you know, than Gary Vee and how we're building brand where we're actually at the forefront. So you can see the founders, you can see the people behind the business, you can see the team. Uh, do you think there's a place for both? Ooh, I'm going to throw it back at you, Rob. What do you reckon? <clears throat> I think there is, but I think it's really, I think it's easier now to build a, a more authentic brand that resonates if you can see the people behind the brand. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or if the brand has a, a, a strong story where, um, you know, the value proposition is clearly defined for them and it doesn't need to be necessarily a face. But like Nike. Yeah. Or like yeah. Gorillas, the band. Like, remember they came out, it was just like cartoons. And yeah. you're like, whoa, but we understand. And when we see Gorillas, we know. And when we hear Gorillas, we know because they've kind of made that was part of the appeal is that yep. it's like mysterious. So yep. if you're doing that right, then, then you're nailing it. Yeah. I love that. And no, I think that's probably a space that I want to learn more about and dive deeper into because I just think there's so much magic in there. And like you said, Tammy, the, the gorillas and stuff, I, I, we were just talking shit about like having a segment for the magazine and having like an anonymous or creating a mm. character, you know what I mean? Mm. Like that's. What and, about and Banksy? Think, yeah, no. yeah, you know, so it's more like I, I, I love that type of stuff. And um, yeah, I, I'm reckon I'm just going to uh, dive a little bit deeper into that sort of stuff this year. I'm, I'm excited. Good question. Well, think, maybe yeah. we could use that as part of our new deep dive section as you're going to be diving deeper. You know, anyway, hey, that is deep dive. That's our first segment. We've pumped that one out. Uh, Gary V is our first one. We'd love to hear from you about who you'd like us to do a deep dive on. If there's a person or a topic Maybe there's an event, maybe there's a, a character, cartoon show, TV show. Like, what do you want to you deep dive it. on? What, do you, yeah. what about you guys? What would you love to do? What's, uh, what's next on the agenda? I just thought of it then. For me, I reckon South Park would be good. Ooh. <laughs> That's random. But I think South Park would be uh, – Joe Rogan, obviously, as well. Tam? Yeah. Um, oh, that's a hard one. Um, I've got a lot of different ideas, but – some of them are a bit random. Can you come back to me? <laughs> yeah. I can come back to you. Rob, you? I'd like to do a couple on like, I know we're pumping the Linktree boys up at the moment, but talking about like crazy growth trajectories of companies or like mm. what, what, like crazy growth stories we call to unpack on how some mm. of the things happen. Or even like, I know like we obviously the buzz ones, but like Elon Musk and Tesla, his, yeah. his car, his cars have just driven off the road and a couple more people are dead. Like that exploring the difference between mm. uh, accept, adopting future technologies and the risk to human society and shit, like real deep shit and maybe oh, aliens. Like you know, I'd like yeah. to have a deep dive on aliens at one stage too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what, Tommy? Rob's going to be like Austin Powers, one of them robots. So you'll be living for the next 3,000 years, I reckon, Rob. You're going to be investing in all this fucking weird technology. I mean, Tommy, we're OGs, you know what I mean? We leave yeah. our soul on Earth, you know? Exactly. <laughs> that was a weird ending, but uh, I don't know if I meant to sign it off, but that was fucking great. I, I really loved that. Yeah, that hey. was good fun. I if you it. are new to the pod... This is a brand new segment, but we release guest pods every Monday, Thursday, snacks, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and we're going to have another episode coming at you hot on Monday. Mm, there you go.